Welcome back, podcast listeners. This is the We Know Ball podcast. Today, we are teaming up with Underdog Fantasy to bring you guys an amazing deal. If you go ahead and sign up using their mobile app or their website, and you use code WKB when you sign up, they will give you a deposit match of up to $100. That is an amazing deal. So take advantage of it while you can. Sign up, use code WKB, and get on to some daily fantasy. Welcome back, everybody, to the newest episode of the We Know Ball podcast. Um, we have a special guest on today, um, Lily from Twitter, Dario fan. Uh, before before we introduce yourself, though, I just want to announce that we finished the giveaway for the free jersey. Um, we announced the winner on Twitter, so if you want to go follow us at WKB podcast underscore, um, maybe you won if you didn't know. So make sure you go check. Give us a follow. <laughs> <laughs> um lily go ahead and introduce yourself tell us awesome, tell us how you cool. became a dario fan slash, <laughs> fan slash philly fan. um yeah so this is kind of a long story but um hi i'm lily lisco 2000 you can kind of call me either one um i got into basketball um really like 2017 2018 um i'm still a pretty big sixers fan but for some reason my brain decided to just latch on to Dario and like make him my favorite player for literally no reason. Um, I have OCD and I have hyperfixations that come with that. So basically my brain just picks one of my interests and just like full force gets really, really into it for like years at a time. Um, so I don't really get to pick which one it chooses and it chose Dario. So I kind of just started like posting on Twitter and stuff about him because I like making content and writing and stuff like that. Um, and I ha- I've had a couple Twitter accounts that were stand accounts. I did Dario Sharkage a couple of years ago and then Dario Party. And now I'm just me. I'm just looking at 2000. Um, it's been kind of a wild journey, but I'm here and I'm having a great time. <laughs> yeah. One, one question I actually had for you before we get into the game is how is that journalism stuff going? Cause I know you're like, you like write for a pretty big article company, right? Yeah, well, um, I write for my school newspaper, um, which is the Eagle. Um, I go to American University and I do everything I do for the Eagle. Um, I also do a podcast called Section 202 and I write for some other stuff too. I have like a little Substack project that I started up. Um, I've written for a few different blogs, but mostly, do you, do you, mostly I do the Eagle and like do personal just do stuff sports? really. Is it just sports or do you do? Um, it's like 99% sports. Um, I did run a music blog back in high school and I still really love music journalism, but I don't really have the time to do it all that much. So it's mostly sports. It's nice. I just wanted to know that about you because I saw that in your bio and I thought that was really cool. Thanks. Um, but before we'll start talking about the game, um, the Suns beat the Philadelphia 76ers by 10 points, 114 to 104. Um, I think there's a lot of talking points about this game today, at least. Yeah, talking um, point one. Uh, I don't think it's actually possible for the Suns to lose anymore. <laughs> Definitely, it just they keep making my case stronger. I don't see anyone beating them in seven games, like at all. Like they'll have to have a really bad stretch of set seven games to to lose, dude. And uh. Something that I like kind of realized today is uh, we have this like stretch of five games going on right now, right? Where we just played uh, the Timberwolves and the Nuggets and just now the Sixers. And we have, I guess, I guess Warriors and Grizzlies don't really count because Curry and is Ja going to play? Do I don't know. know. He'll be back by then. Oh, I, don't know. Not- I know he's been out the last few games. 
because that's literally on Friday. So yeah, it's two weeks. He's out. So. But to be fair, they've been playing better without Ja. Like they beat the that's Bucks true. by thirty with, and they had uh, Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. So yeah, definitely not one to like not take seriously. You gotta watch out for that one. But uh, to get back to my point, is the Suns have been shorthanded in all of the games. I don't think. I mean, Chris Paul missed. We were missing Chris Paul and Cam Johnson for the Timberwolves game. Still beat them by like. I mean, we won by like 10, right, I think? It's been like six weeks since both of them been out, so. Yeah, and then we beat the Nuggets without uh, Cam Johnson, and now we just, again, beat the Sixers without Cam Johnson. The Suns, like, I don't know how many games have we actually had, like, all of our key players playing together this season. Because I know the big three of Booker Aiden and Chris Paul has only played, like, 30 games together. Yeah, it's been, like, 33 now or something like that. I don't know the exact number. So... It's just like, I feel like we still really haven't seen this team at full strength. Yeah. With, with everyone healthy, with Shamit hitting his shots, with Craig hitting his shots, with ev- everything's working now at the perfect time. Yep. Shamit's the one who's been on fire recently. He's not, he's, I, I'm confident now when he shoots. Like, I, I, I don't cringe. Yeah, I called him Shamid in the first half. And then <laughs> he went on and made like every shot he took after that. So he shit on me for that. Yeah, he, he specifically yeah. listened to the podcast and heard you say it. And uh, no, I thought he was scrolling Twitter at halftime. He's like, Shamid, <laughs> God damn it. I, bro. And then he's like, he just went on. I mean, if it works, you know? Yeah. Um, no, but. Uh, a uh, big performer in the first quarter. I kind of missed like the first half a little bit, but the biggest like talking point that I mean everyone knows already. Devin Booker dropped twenty two points in the first half on like eight of eleven from the field. Only reason we were in the game in the first quarter, we would have been nowhere. Yeah, without him, it just didn't seem like he could miss. Like there was a stretch of time, especially last year, where. Devin Booker could not make an open three to save his life. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. And and now it's like he's automatic. Now. I don't know what he – we've talked about it before, people working on shit in the offseason. That's obviously something he's, he's taken seriously because it's elevated his scoring to a whole new level, and he was already an amazing scorer before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something I noticed in the game today was that when he, was, when he wasn't in – we were we started to go down big, and we looked we had no offensive rhythm at all. We literally couldn't do anything at all when he mm-hmm. wasn't on the court. Even on defense, we started to get better and better as he got on the court. So I agree. Yeah, and uh, other I mean other than book, it was a fairly normal. I know Chris Paul. They gave the Suns gave Chris Paul the stat line of the game. Chris Paul, how do we feel about him playing thirty six minutes in this game? Um, I, I don't care. I think I saw, I don't know if we've talked about it before, but I saw a tweet. His injury was just a hand injury. It's not like it was a leg injury or something. So I don't think the extra minutes or the, his extra or usual minutes is going to hurt him. But I do think when, once we pulled away by like eight to 10, like with like six minutes to go in the fourth quarter, there was no reason for him to keep playing. I think he got taken out with like two minutes to go or something like that, but there's like no reason at that point. Cause we trust campaign at this point. Let him get the minutes or Alfred Payton. So 
Because it's not like Alfred Payton can't play defense. He can. No, he's actually a really good defender. <laughs> so I, I just I, – I, I don't think it's a problem, but I would hate to see something happen to where – like a D. Rose type situation where he just stays in when we're up 10 and ends up blowing his yeah. knee out or something. He's old. So you, you never know what's gonna happen. You can't you can't predict that. Uh, campaign actually had a pretty bad game today. From what I noticed, that he was taking some like really bad shots. He was missing some easy shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had to guess, if you I don't know if you guys saw it or not yet, but if you had to guess his plus minus, what do you think it was? I just saw it. You just I saw it. Okay. My God. <laughs> what do you What do you think it was, Brandon? Was it like minus fifteen? No. What's called? Well, Lily, like do you want to take a guess? Like, I mean, I was, I didn't really watch the game, but if we're saying it's bad, I want to go with like maybe like minus eleven or so. It was a uh, minus twenty-five. Jesus Christ! Oh my god! <laughs> I did not. Bro. It didn't seem like it was that bad. It did not seem um, like that bad. And uh, in perfect like mirroring of that, Chris Paul was plus twenty-five, which is okay. uh, interesting. The only players in minus was Campaign and Tory Craig, and Tory Craig was a minus five. Yeah, I didn't think Tory Craig was like awful today. I thought he was just fine. Like, yeah, he didn't really do much. Do much. <laughs> yeah, he shot three times, yeah. but he's still he's going back to only taking threes, which scares me because it could be like just a trend up and down where he he plays how he's supposed to some games and other games. He just wants to shoot threes. I feel like we haven't seen the, the shot, like the chucking threes from him as much though. I feel like we haven't seen that from him in a while. Yeah. Not chucking, but like you're Tory Craig should not only be shooting threes in a game. I agree. So I like, guess that was kind of today. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it shot chucking cause it was only three shots, but like get to the basket. <laughs> we know you can. Yeah. Like, unless it's like he knows he can't, he's like trying to find a rhythm before the playoffs. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what he's trying to do. I don't know. I mean, like I always say, I have, I don't really complain about it as long as we're winning. And as long as he's not like noticeably bad, I'm like, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. One thing we're not going to need. Sorry, what's up? No, 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 you're good. I'll let you finish that. And then I want to talk about something. Um, all right. We're not going to need like necessarily every rotational guy to be firing on all cylinders every game, especially Mm -hmm. like even in the playoffs, especially like really the only people that you need to be like positives are like your starters and your sixth man. So like that'd be our starting five and Cam Johnson, but like Torrey Craig, we don't need him every playoff game to be like ultra effective. That'd be great, but it's not going to happen. And it's, you don't need it to happen as long as it's just games like this where he's not like an extreme like he had an amazing game but it's also not like noticeably bad it's just he's just there he's just doing his job basically granted he didn't rebound tonight so i don't know if that qualifies as doing the job but one thing one thing i wanted to talk about just from the season in general does it seem like we're shooting free throws a lot worse than we usually do or is that just me um yes because like uh, it's not just number, you um, i don't know what the number differential is but it, it just seems like we're shooting that. a lot less free throws in general but we're also missing a lot more than we usually than we're supposed yeah. to because we were 11 for 17 today yeah 
Uh, I'm actually, trying to find. We missed a lot of technical free throws and flagrant free throws. Yeah, I know Shamit missed one today. I remember so that. So we're actually top 10 in free throw percentage this season. What is that? 80.1%. I want to see what it was last year. It's probably about the same. I know we were – we set the NBA record uh, in the bubble season. So that's probably – I mean, we're probably, like, still on the come down from that. Like, we never missed yeah. a free throw back then. <laughs> I think it just feels like it because Booker is also missing a – he yeah, he's missing more. a lot more than he usually does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just I just saw this. I just looked it up. What do you guys think? Do you guys you guys remember Shamit's free throw percentage was like a thirty two at one point in the season? It was thirty two. It was like thirty two or thirty three, wasn't it? When we were talking on the pod. Three point percentage or free throw percentage? Three three point percentage. Oh, okay. I think it's like free three. Throw. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah, you said like, free throw. No, <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> no, that's like Wiggins. <laughs> what do you what do you think it, his three point percentage is now? It's got to be if you're asking, it's like thirty nine. It's it's thirty seven point six, almost thirty eight. But still, take it in the in the last ten games. It's at forty six. I think I uh, one of the like recent uh, pods we did. I called out Shamit for like shooting forty percent from three in like five straight games or something. I don't know if that held up, but I um, still would like to just give him some flowers because it kind of held up. He uh, or it was fifty percent. He had one game where he just shot over one. It was against Denver, mm-hmm. but other than that, he shot forty percent or higher in like seven of the last or eight of the last nine games. That's pretty good. It's and it's like that's. I don't even, it doesn't even have to be that consistent for me. Like if he has like where he's doing this and then maybe like a game or two, he shoots like 30%, like goes like one for four or something like that. Like, then it's okay. But when he was on that streak of like, oh, for fives, then it, then it's a problem, but you can definitely tell just his, especially his reactions after hitting threes, he's like 10 times more confident than he used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, something on the box score that I kind of noticed and how, I mean, do you guys know what the rebounding numbers were for each team tonight? I know Joel Embiid had like 15 or 14 or something like that. So he had 15. Yes. Uh, I know Aiden had 12. I think the Sixers out rebounded the Suns by five. So nothing too crazy. Um, I guess, I mean, this is a really normal game. Booker was kind of low, actually, on his stats. He only had two rebounds and two assists today. He, it seemed like he sat out a lot. Like, after that first quarter, it felt like he didn't come back in until, like, two minutes in the second second quarter. And I think that's why he, he did only score, like, 22 well, and a half, right? I think it seems that way because when he he came back in at his usual time, like, five minutes, but he literally, huh. like, took one shot in the second yeah, I didn't quarter. Notice he was not shooting at all. He was just passing. Yeah. Which he I don't I don't like that because if when you're that hot, just take over. It should yeah. never have been that close if he would have just taken over when he came back in. Mm-hmm. And I don't but, know I don't know if he's trying to like conserve percentage to like show like all the MVP haters and stuff. I don't know if like that's the case. I don't think that's something he'd do. But conserve percentage like 
like he doesn't his want field to take goal percentage. Now, Devin, Devin Booker definitely does not care about his field goal percentage. No, I don't think he would, but it's just weird how because when he comes back and Chris Paul's usually coming back out, going out, because Chris Paul usually comes back for the start of the second quarter. I don't know. It's just so I don't I just didn't understand why he wouldn't. I feel like he was trying to play make a little bit, but when it doesn't work out, he just starts shooting again. Yeah. And it's hard when DeAndre Ayton's going up against Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid had him on locks for most most part of the, the day. Um, how, how would you guys think Aiden did today? Like, well, how would you guys like grade him today? I, I checked his – I didn't look at his stats at the end of the game, but I checked his, like, stats midway through, and he was, like, four, four and four, like, four points, four rebounds. And I was like, oh, Embiid's eating him up tonight. But I didn't – He kind of did. I'm not going to huh? lie. Embiid kind of did <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, he kind of fucked him up tonight. He did. I did um, notice a lot of possessions though, when it was like TJ Crowder guarding him or Mikhail Bridges guarding him. Yeah, there was a reason. lot of possessions like that. Was they spent a lot of double teams at him, which I I don't really watch Philly, Philly games. Do you, Lily? Do you watch a lot? Um, I mean, it really depends. I really don't have that much of a way to watch games when I'm at school. Um, but when I'm at home, I do watch a lot of Sixers games. I'm assuming so, anytime he gets the ball, he's just getting doubled. They're just sending a double at him. A lot of the time, yeah. But that's just – I think that's where it came from a lot today. I think that's why Jay Crowder had so many fouls too because he was getting called for like every foul when he went to go double-team him. Yeah. But Aiden didn't have – he had a better game than I thought, 14, 14 points, 12 rebounds. He was switched on to James Harden a lot. And he was actually playing really good defense against James Harden. Yeah, James Harden couldn't buy a bucket. Which is – that's really encouraging to see our center guarding one of the best offensive players. Like that. Yeah, that's the big difference to me. And that's why I personally think that Aiton is a more, like, effective center than Rudy Gobert. At, like, just playing basketball. I could see because that. Because he's, he's a more- better scorer. Yeah. It's not even close. And then – Aiden's obviously not as good of a rim protector, but he makes up for that not only in the scoring, but in the fact that he can guard, he can take guards on the perimeter. I've never seen Rudy Gobert not get crossed up by a guard on the perimeter. <laughs> it, like it doesn't, he can't do it. Even book playing on Harden was really good tonight. He was he was staying yeah. on Harden really good. Two things, two things I just looked at the box score. James Harden only shot two for eleven. <laughs> yeah. And we're gonna um, talk yeah, about yeah, I wanna yeah. I wanna talk about that. And then Matisse Dybul only played 16 minutes. That's shocking. Like, I don't, why would they not? I don't know. I don't know if something happened or what? Because Danny Green played 30 minutes tonight. Doc so. Rivers has Pete Carroll syndrome where <laughs> he doesn't use his players effectively ever. Yeah. No, I, I have to agree with that one. <laughs> like, why is your best defender not out there when Devin Booker's scored 22 points he ended with what like 35 or something like that let's see yeah 35 there's no reason matisse should shouldn't match minutes with uh, him. the thing with matisse is though he's like one of the worst offensive players in the league yeah that's he's, i was gonna say that i feel like, like he's turned it up to, a lot this year so, i mean still i i would like if i was the Suns, i wouldn't even guard him like if on the perimeter because he's he's kind of like andre roberson from Let's back see, in the I'm curious. That's a pretty good comparison. It is. So it's, obviously he's a very good defender, but it's like it's four and five on offense. Obviously he's not like that bad, but it's like 
It feels like shooting, shooting 32% from three. On how many attempts? Uh, it's, I was just going to say, it's probably, I can see one second. It's probably like one attempt a game, if that. Um, this season, oh, two and a half threes a game. So that's still, eh. He makes about 0.7 a game, but. I just yeah, he's not really he's just a he's not really a three and D is he's just more just like defense he's like Andre Roberson literally so yeah. but is yeah. is is that better than having Danny Green play thirty minutes on probably I would say easily not as good of a defender and only scoring no, six points I think Doc Rivers panicked and uh, wanted to outscore the Suns yeah he also had mm, four yeah. fouls in those sixteen minutes so he might have been like keeping him on the bench for for that but he should have i would have put him in yeah but i mean when you're when that's like your best defender like by far mm-hmm. other than like Embiid, i guess but um you know what i mean uh you yeah. and devin booker's having the game he's having and i know book put 22 on him in the first quarter whatever <laughs> he's still he's still your best defender and he even if he's fouling you have to keep him out there like on the best player, especially at the end of the game, and tell him like, "All right, if you're just gonna get the foul, like, I'm." This is what I would tell Mikael Bridges too, if he was in the same situation. If you're if you're you're gonna get the foul either way, like the ref's gonna blow the whistle, make it a good foul, and then at least it's still like worth something, right? Yeah, but make, Doc like, Rivers and one or something, <laughs> like yeah, Doc Rivers foul, just like sure. was like, oh shit, and then gave up on him. I don't even know. That's not even like good for his, like, how are you going to bench the guy? How do you like, you have to show confidence in your players too. This guy's supposed to be your best defender and you're benching him. Especially, I mean, cause the 22 in the first quarter that Booker had, most of them were, were on Tyrese Maxey cause they were doing all these switches and stuff. So it's yeah. not like Matisse Thibel was even doing bad on defense. He was, yeah. he was chasing Booker around the whole time, but they were just doing a lot of switches. So I don't, yeah, I don't know why Doc Rivers did that. Uh, I think Sixers fans don't know why Doc Rivers does a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. Um, I feel like Matisse Thibel is, like, one of those players that is just so, like, streaky. He's not really very reliable whatsoever. Like, I'm looking at his box scores from, like, the entire season. And most of the time, literally, like, between zero and five points. <laughs> um, so it's... Like, I don't really think he's that much of a big – I mean, yeah, he's obviously not a big offensive player at all. He's a very good defender. But I think if you're trying to outscore the other team, um, that's obviously a reason to take him out. Because, like, occasionally he'll have a game where he has, like, 10 to 12 points, which, like, okay, like, go you. But <laughs> um, I was, uh, was kind of shocked by the Sixers starting lineup today. It was – at least as listed on the Arizona broadcast, it was Harden at the one, Thibel at the two, and Maxi at the three. I was like, what? They must have Why? they must have probably messed like, that up. Like that's gotta just be like a mix-up, right? I'm looking here and it's Harden and Maxi, both the guards, Thibel and Harris, the forwards and Embiid. Yeah, that's okay. I, I was gonna say I'd I was be like, that's, <laughs> see, that's really weird, but okay. Unless they had Thibel as a guard to like because he was matching up with Booker. Maybe that's why. I don't I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, whatever. That's uh probably just a mix up by the Valley crew. Like <laughs> what else is new? Um I I wanna move on to 
uh, my big topic of the day. And it's something that I haven't been able to talk about because I didn't really start like this agenda until after, um, I think it was after the Nuggets game and I wasn't here for the Nuggets pod. So, um, but I, the thing, the topic is uh, Mikel Bridges, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, like candidacy, I guess, his campaign, his his case. And first I want to bring up today specifically, Mikel Bridges today, not his most prolific scoring game. He only had 11 points on five of 11. He shot, he only made one three, but he shot two. He had five rebounds. He had uh, a steal. He had two blocks. The thing about Mikel Bridges, and I made a tweet about it. I know it, it has like, it kind of went like mini viral. It was like a tweet of Mikel Bridges and the fact that he plays, he's played the most minutes of any player in the league by far. Like he's ahead by like several hundred minutes on second place. It's not even close. Really? Yeah. I Jeez. I want to, I'm going to pull up the. Uh, Who, yeah. Let me know who second is. Cause I'm curious about that. It's uh, Miles Bridges. Oh, okay. But, but uh, yeah. Where is it? Um, how do I find total minutes played? Should be on if you just go on NBA.com, I'm sure I'll have that stat. Um, I have no idea how to find it, so I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna keep talking. Um, so Mikel Bridges has played the most minutes out of any player in the league, he's never fouled out of a game this season. He's never he hasn't missed a game for any reason. First of all, he hasn't fouled out of a game. I think he's gotten five fouls like two times this season, and I don't know why the advanced stat people are not obsessed with Mikael Bridges because yeah, he's I, like I have stats right here that that are like advanced advanced stats that I want to say. Yeah, he is like one of the most effective, efficient, like players you will ever. See. Like, he's like a robot. It's insane. He's literally like Kawhi, defensively anyway. It's pretty – it's insane to see. He's a he's a Kawhi who can play. Because he's healthy? Yeah. Right. He's actually healthy. Um, before – and I'll let you get to your stats, Brandon. Um, but I do want to point out, he has gotten four fouls. One, two – three, four, five, six, seven times this season. That's insane. In like 74 games, <laughs> playing the most minutes out of every player in the league. Defending the hardest person on the – like the Defi- best. Defending the, be- the other team's best player most of the time. He's like the most effect- – he's like by definition the most effective defender in the NBA it- by that metric. So I don't understand why – the advanced stat nerds haven't like latched on to him. It's insane to me. Um, but first I want to get, because Mikael Bridges is very uh, significant to Sixers fans. Um, and I know Lily, you said you weren't really like fully like in del- in del- like delved into the Sixers fandom quite yet around the time of that draft. But what is, yeah. how do Sixers fans like feel about Mikel? And are they like bitter about that trade? Do you guys like, just want success for him or how is that like 
what's the um, relationship there I mean I think it depends like I personally just want success for everybody I've said this on my podcast multiple times like I am here just to be nice and say nice things about everyone um I think Sixers fans in general I think we're a pretty bitter fandom um oh, yeah. definitely no yeah like, <laughs> look at that you absolutely. see the Eagles fans too like it's crazy. yeah I'm a I'm a Philly four for four grew up on Philly sports um didn't really get into like the social media aspect of it all until a couple of years ago but um I think like I think Sixers fans like Mikhail Bridges. I think they want him to do well. I think they're just very angry with our front office. I mean, as they should be because the Sixers front office really did absolutely suck um, between Sam Hinkie and Daryl Morey. Um, Elton Brand and the Colangelos both were horrid. Um, so I think they like Mikhail. I just I I think it's more of like a front office type thing. That seems like what did, what did we give up for him again? Well, it was I, on draft night. We traded our. Uh, I think it was. Oh, was that Zaire Smith? Zyre, Hold on. That was the Zaire Smith trade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it was the other. Yeah. It was the other trade that gave that sent Dario to the Suns for the Cam Johnson pick in 2019. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, that's gotta. Dario <laughs> and Cam Johnson. That's gotta hurt. Yeah, that was uh two two masterclass I mean, okay. trades. I have a I have a take on that trade um that I talk about all the time about the Dario one because obviously um I was like following Dario during that season with Minnesota I genuinely think he tried to force a trade because there's like at the level that he was playing like really decent role players starting every once in a while it makes no sense that they would trade him and a pick for a pick like it makes I genuinely think he was trying to force a trade he was getting into fights with everybody just menace to society type behavior (laughs) Well, so uh, it was weird, meant to be, but yeah, yeah. I, I love, I can't wait for him to come back on the Suns because I think he'll actually have a role. Yeah, I don't me know too. How everyone else feels, but I think he'll fit in perfectly. I mean, I think I'll have a role. I'm really just the only thing I'm worried about is uh, when his contract is up, uh, he's going to be 29. And I, I mean, he only has a few more years left, really, because he's a big man and usually they don't play that long into their careers. Um, like, for like another like long contract so I genuinely see it becoming a situation where he like floats around the league and then goes back to Europe which is super upsetting um so I just kind of hope he has like some kind of redemption arc type thing um but also I have a comeback story yeah (laughs) um yeah you definitely would love to see him succeed I don't know like Brandon said I don't know about his future with the Suns especially with Aiton's contract situation and how many centers are on the roster. Yeah. That, that I don't know about Frank Kaminsky's future on the team. I don't know about Biombo's yeah. future. I don't even know about currently I feel so every bad five. We don't know the future of them on this team. I, I feel I just, so bad yeah. for Kaminsky because he was lighting it up before he got hurt. And I think yeah. if he would have kept that going, he would have had some type of role with us right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my whole take on the Suns um is that every time like the deadline rolls around I'm like why are you guys hoarding so many centers <laughs> like there's genuinely six or so on the team right now like yeah what, there's a lot of teams that need what centers is happening too. Yeah. yeah so every uh, but, every like deadline and offseason I'm like I expect them to trade one of them and they just don't <laughs> I think they did another one they did trade oh, one this season oh. they traded Jalen Smith sorry my bad <laughs> But they still, I think they picked up another one, like somewhere along the line. I'm like, what, what is this? Like, what are we trying to do here? Um, But James Jones loves his continuity. But to kind of get back to Mikhail Bridges, 
And Brandon, I'll let you read off some of your stats now. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't know why the advanced stat nerds haven't like clung on to this guy. Like, I don't even know. Like, but please read your okay. stats off. So because I would love to push this agenda. This the first sentence in this article is Mikel has proven that he can make some of the advanced stats guys salivate. <laughs> so that just shows where this is going. But basically, there's a on basketball index, there's a um like a stat called matchup difficulty, which it's called it's an estimate of difficulty rating that each player, like who they guard, he ranks in the 99th percentile of the league. Can you like the top one percent of that? Can you send that to me somehow so I can yeah, I'll send you the link of this. Um because I need like a screenshot of it, but I like I'm pushing this agenda today. It's only 645 for me. I have the rest of the day. I'll send you, I'll send you that. Like, um, and I guess on basketball index, they give grades off depending on like what they like, how their stats are throughout the season. Um, he grades out for a B for passing lane defense. He's an A minus off ball chaser on defense, um, an A for ball handler screen defense. And he's in the 92nd percentile for defensive miles per 75 possessions. <laughs> um, the dude's literally a robot. He's he's 10th in defensive win shares. Can you explain win shares to me? Yeah, it's basically like his defensive contribution, how that like the estimated number of wins because of his contribution on defense. Gotcha. So, so like say every time he guarded James Harden today, he missed eight shots, that'd be 16 points or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, I got you. Um, yeah, and then it kind of mentions his – uh game against Steph Curry. That's the big one. That's the one everyone kind of ref. That's kind of what got him uh to become I don't want to say a household name, but that's what people when people started talking about him. Um and then it also says that if you look at his numbers, like all the advanced stats, even just regular stats, box score stats. Um well I guess not as much box score stats. I'll, I'll I would say just advanced stats because he's on the, when you look at the box score, he doesn't have a crazy amount of blocks, a crazy amount of steals. Um, but it says when you look at his numbers, um, Mikel is as dominant as some of the big men in the league as a forward guarding the best player on the floor. Yes, yeah, so and this is why we're going to start a discussion about the criteria for defensive player of the year mm-hmm. because and he's, we're, we're shaking up everything this year. He is not it on like – I don't know about FanDuel. I can check FanDuel, but on on this, it's like it has like tracker for like best odds. Yes, he is fourth right now. Oh, well, is is Gobert and Draymond above him? Draymond is plus hundred. Rudy Gobert is plus one seventy eight, and Giannis is plus seven twenty five. Draymond and Rudy are not getting it because they missed too many games. And. I really hope Giannis doesn't get it because <laughs> I am sick of him getting awards. Uh, one of the main things I noticed with Mikael Bridges is that just like how Aiton can stay with guards, Mikael Bridges can also s- stay with big men, which is like something that's like you don't see from a lot of like forwards and guards is that how he uh, he seals them all off. He doesn't even let them get the entry pass. And obviously there's like some exceptions like Embiid or Jokic, but like most big man. Yeah. Oh, thanks for Brandon. Yeah, but that's in beating Jokic. You're not stop. I don't care. Yeah, who yeah. It's, it's there. You're not stopping them. 
but it's like they can't really body him because he's just like he's too long yeah and or Mikel Bridges has kind of proven my point that I had with some of my friends from back home Robert who we had on the last podcast um we had this debate last year during the finals but I was talking about DeAndre Ayton going up against Jokic and uh right before he went up against Giannis, which kind of backfired on me a little bit. But Mikel Bridges is proving my point now. I always said that you, it is 100% possible to slow down a superstar. Yeah. Um, and his, like our argument was, my argument was that I thought DeAndre Ayton could 100% slow down Jokic when we needed him to, which he kind of did in in the playoffs um not so much Giannis so that kind of backfired on me but Mikel Bridges like Steph Curry he shut shut him down completely that game mm-hmm. um well I I would probably I don't know I don't know his exact matchups for tonight because I he was on everybody at some point I, uh, he was watching he was on Tobias Harris a lot I have a stat kind of regarding that it's not like exact I'm just this is uh, James Harden has played three games against the Suns this season. In those games, he has scored 48 points, which is 16 points per game, on 26.7% from the field, 26% from three, and 13 turnovers, which is four a game, almost four and a half a game. Jesus. And his primary defender in those three games was Mikel Bridges. Yep. Mikel Brid- I mean, Mikel Bridges had that uh, – he had seven steals against the Nets – uh, back in like February. Oh yeah, that was Harden that was game. There. I do remember that. Yeah. Does that stat count tonight? Tonight's game. Uh yeah. Okay. I didn't know if it was taking into a, account like tonight's game or if it was three previous. I mean, that RB is... posted this. Oh okay. Tonight, so okay. like after There's the game, RB. So I trust RB. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Dude's a statistical genius. But. Mikel Bridges' effectiveness as a defender and as a player in general, I think, should really be raising a lot more questions about what we consider, like, the best defender to be. Because, really, if you think about it, it's like it's, – it's a dilemma almost because room protection is arguably – or is probably the most important part of defense, right? Is that a yeah. – I mean, we can all agree with that, right? Yeah, pretty much. So it's like a debate of do you want someone who's the best of the best at the most important thing or do you want someone who's like the best at everything except that? Like, and then he's just like pretty good at the, at the room protection. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, at least for the Suns case, I think, or at least most teams, to be honest, I think you need a Mikhail Bridges. You need to have a okay. defensive anchor that can actually guard stars not just like stand there and the i paint. just i just found another crazy stat if you want to hear it real quick go for it i love so, stats <laughs> so it's it's showing all of mikhail bridges um defensive field goal percentage since he came in the league um 2018 2019 was at a 47.9 next year it dropped to 45.8 then 48.4 and this year it is at a 39.2 Wait, what was the stat again? I you kind of cut out for me. Defensive field goal percentage. So like the oh, amount okay. of time he gets scored on, basically. 39.2. Yeah. 
this season. Really, really good. Yeah, this season. That's insane. I want to see. see how I think people don't notice. The, yeah. uh, people don't uh, like think about really is that like you're not gonna be able to stop every star. That just like that's just how it works, you know. Yeah. They like making it hard for somebody, making them earn it. Like every single possession is also a very good skill that Mikhail has. Like makes everyone work twice as hard to score on them. Yeah. Uh, Lily, are Sixers fans on the Mikhail Bridges for deploy train, or are they kind of still fixated on Joel and Bede for that? Um, I really do not know. I genuinely don't think they care that much. Um, yeah, I think the thing the is really MVP. Joel for MVP, which I 100% wholeheartedly support. Um, I think he deserves it. But I think defensive player of the year, if they had to pick somebody, would be Matisse Thibel, except that he literally sucks right now. But we're going to move on from that. It's sad because um, Matisse is like – I really yeah. like Matisse. Yeah. He went to Washington. He's super likable. He did those vlogs back in the bubble or the TikToks. Yeah. I, I like him. I just don't really understand how he's, like, employed um, <laughs> at the level that he is. Um, he, like, occasionally has a good game, but usually it's just kind of like he goes out there and, like, flings himself around and then – goes out and it's like what did you just achieve there buddy but he'd be really good if he gets a jumper in the offseason really works on his jump yeah i really i hope he fixes that situation yeah because really um other than playmaking what's the difference between him and ben simmons yeah i mean i honestly well ben simmons is obviously like better um like of a player I have to like look at his stats, but when he was with the Sixers, when he was actually playing, I think most of the time he was one of the leading scorers. Um, hold on, I have to go look at different seasons and stuff. Um, but yeah, last hold up. You know what? I remember um, that Sixers team from a few years ago, the one that had Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. and like it was Simmons, Butler, yeah. Harris. Thibel. Was Thibel there? No. No. It was Joel Reddick and uh, Joel Embiid. How did that yeah. team not win a championship, bro? I that mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they get, they lost on the Kawhi shot, which is that's very true. Fortunate. But yeah, I know. I they definitely should have at least made the finals that year. I guess that's like as literally as close as it can possibly get. But yeah, I uh, I found Ben's stats and most games he was scoring at least like 10 to 20 points and he would have an occasional like crazy, like 30 or 40 point game. So, so why he seems like he stuff. was good. So why it was it just the playoffs? Basically he like, okay. My take on Ben Simmons is that he has serious mental health problems that like need to be fixed before he can come back to the league um he has a serious confidence issue basically what happened is he did like the wrong thing um during game seven versus the hawks he passed it by his harris instead of going for like an open layup um and then i think that kind of that was just kind of it for him like he screwed up so bad on like a national scale like he just could not continue being in the public eye um and literally he just went the wrong way about all of the communication surrounding that um, situation. So he could have easily fixed it and come back. Um, but I think he has some serious like confidence and mental health issues um, and kind of just chose to be pretty immature about the whole situation and like duck all conversation or like any kind of communication from the Sixers all summer and then all season. Yeah. So 
I mean, he's a good player. He really is. I think it's just an internal thing with him. Yeah, it's really sad to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to just this whole defensive player of the year like conversation because. I mean, I don't really think Jazz fans really believe their Rudy Gobert arguments half the time. They'll throw some of the weirdest stats at you, and it's like, do you even really believe this, bro? Like, but I I see his case. But in terms of like an award for being the best defensive player, I feel like you have to award someone's overall effectiveness, yeah, more than being elite at one skill. Uh, something interesting is that the Suns had the number one defense in the NBA right now, or like this year overall. Uh, and the Bucks are sixth. So the argument for Giannis is still pretty strong. I guess they're sixth, but the Suns are first. But Mikel's uh, argument is better. Yeah. yeah. And some other uh, buzz I'm seeing recently is Robert Williams or Marcus Smart because the Boston's been uh, very – Good. They're like 22 and four in their last yeah. 26 or something. Yeah, like best, that. I think the past, yeah, like 20, 30 games, they're the best defensive team. But yeah, I think but Bill just deserves I was it. just, I was just going through looking at some defensive stats. Out of every player in the league, it's someone on the Suns. Who do you think has the best defensive rating right now? And they're the on league? the Suns. Out, out of the whole league, yeah. Best defensive rating. Well, Mikel. No. You're not going to guess. I guarantee it. We're not going to guess. It's a Suns player. Is it's it a starter? Sun. Yeah. Um, kind of. Campaign. It's Cameron Payne. He has the highest <laughs> defensive rating in the league right now. Um. Okay. See, that to me is just a reason we can't take defensive rating seriously. <laughs> Do you want to know who's number two? Yeah. He's on the Suns. Mikel. No, Landry Shamit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We definitely can't take that shit seriously. <laughs> Yeah, what that, is, I don't know what goes into defensive rating, but it seems very conditional. Mikel Bridges has the third highest net rating in the league. There you go. Another advanced stat for you nerds <laughs> out there. Are you calculator, like, sitting watching the games, like, with your calculator, like, punching in numbers all the time, trying to, like, bro, just watch. Mikel Bridges, to me, and I saw this tweet from a, you guys know Thomas, Thomas Hoops, the one that always ratios yeah. people. Yeah. He had a tweet and it was like, it was after this morning when Stan Van Gundy said that Monty Williams has a case for coach of the year. Mm-hmm. You guys saw that? Yeah. Um, he was like, the Suns don't have an MVP. They don't have the coach of the year. They don't have a defensive player of the year candidate. They don't have any candidate for any awards. And yet they're still like really good. Like, the best team by far. So, to me, it just seems like, based on that fact, the Suns should have, like, at least one player who's, like – and I guess Monty, I mean, should win Coach of the Year. It shouldn't even be close. Stan Van Gundy over here, (laughs) if the other voters are starting to think like Stan Van Gundy, then – I'm I'm a thousand percent okay with Monty not winning it, though. Because yeah, we know. Monty doesn't us. care, but the players are going to care so much that I think their games are just going to get taken to a whole nother level, which is already scary. 
No, so, yeah, I definitely would love to see like an angry, like a pissed off Suns team take on the playoffs. Because That'd they be- care a lot about Monty, and I know they want him to win coach of the year so bad. So yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, that's kind of I mean Mikhail Bridges, man, he's just he's on a steal of a contract. We all know it. He's just really good. The Suns have being, a lot of really good players. What's up? Did you see him being a Suns for life? Or do you think he would go to Philly eventually in his career? Because he's from there. Um, I raise you the Mikhail Bridges tweet. And I think it's his pinned tweet. Uh, let me find out. But, uh, oh, I can't type. Mikhail Bridges once tweeted. This was years ago, by the way, like before we even made the playoffs. Or maybe we made the playoffs once. Um. It was right before the draft. It was August 20th, 2020. So this is right. This was like during the bubble, right? Yeah. Or right after? Right after the bubble. Or no, because the bubble playoffs ended in October 2020. Yeah, it was, it was, I think it was before, before the bubble then, before the bubble season started. It was shut down, but the bubble season probably didn't like start yet. Anyway, uh, August 20th, 2020, Mikel Bridges, I don't ever want to leave at Suns with a heart emoji. Aw, that's so sweet. So uh, as of right now, I don't see Mikel Bridges ever leaving the Suns, especially if they stay this good. Because, I mean, he's locked up for four more years after this year, and uh, by that time, he's 29. So that's, like, pretty much a majority of his career. That's eight years of his career already. So even if he's not a for life or he's still a most of his career or so. Yeah. And unless the most we, effective years of his career. Unless we trade him or something. Yeah, don't even put that energy out there. <laughs> no, but uh, did we – let's talk a little bit about Aiden because uh, we always have to. Uh, where are we at with him today and just in general, like overall right now? Um, he's had a slow past two games. Um, but to be expected, nothing. Good yeah. Where he's going against Jokic and, and MP. But I said this last pod, it's like, I want to see him have those big games that he usually does against great centers. Because like, for some reason, every time he goes up against a great center, he always just has a monster game. Um, can I stop you right there? Again, I do think that a big part of it about his like scoring the last couple games is one because Chris Paul just came back mm-hmm. and is taking those shots again. And two, Devin Booker, I was going to say Devin been Booker going stopped. insane and he just scores. He's scoring more now than he ever has this season. Yeah. He's just, I feel like he's actually stat padding, <laughs> but when like no joke, I feel like he's actually going out there and just scoring as much because we've locked up the one seed. I feel like he's actually going out there and just like, Putting more of an emphasis on scoring. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I kind of forgot <laughs> what about DeAndre Aiden. Lily, oh, what yeah, do you Aiden. think about DeAndre Aiden in general? What do I think? No, I said Lily. Oh, Lily. Sorry. Her point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like him. I think he's really good. Um, I genuinely think that he's going to be one of the. I mean, he kind of is already one of the best centers in the league, but he's going to be like up there, up there, um, in a couple of years especially as a lot of like the dominant centers right now get kind of older and out of their prime. Um, I really have loved watching him over the past few years. Um, 
Yeah. I don't know. What I do think you think about extending him? Do you want to see him get extended? Yeah, positively. Well, okay. Well, the every Suns fan wants to see you him want get him, extended. You want what do you think he yeah, deserves? Is he worth a max? I I believe so. Because I, I just say extended because like you kind of assume if he's getting extended, it will be a max from uh, whether he gets signed right. to, a, to a different team or someone will give him a max. Yeah, someone. And I if mean, he goes like, to like a if, Pistons, right. he's going to average like 20. All I'm saying is like if the Suns aren't careful with this contract, they could be facing another like Jimmy Butler situation uh, or like the Sixers Jimmy Butler situation where they didn't give him the max and he left um and things kind of fell apart and, and i could see something like that happening if Aiton doesn't get paid so i yeah, definitely the, think the sun should give him the max i think this is a situation where they should absolutely do it the sun's uh plans definitely fall apart without deandre <laughs> i think we don't yeah. realize they have how... so many they have so many centers and he's the only like really good non-injured one so yeah ooh. i don't think especially the one his like haters i just don't think they really understand how vital he is to this team. Right. Granted, like, it's um, like he was out and we're like still winning. We win all the time, guys. Without we can't, we, I hate it when, when Suns fans pull up like our record without certain players because I'm like, we just do that. We just win always. So the, the thing we said on the other podcast was like, uh, see, the fans that want to replace DeAndre who can you possibly replace him with? Because if we, like, you know, if we had put him as, like, a top four center, right? We agree he's, like, a top yeah, five top, yeah, yeah. to seven center. You're not going to get Jokic, Embiid, and I wouldn't – You're not getting – yeah, you're not getting anyone better. So, like, whoever you get is going to be a downgrade anyways. Unless so they are want Sabonis. Yeah, they, the same people. Yeah. Isaac, you were just so disrespectful to DeAndre Ayton there. He, there's no way he drops anywhere near seven. Five is what? like eh, okay. He's I would. There's no way he's a top. Like you said, five to seven. There's no, yeah. That, that, that's that's way too out of it. He's not. He would not drop to seven. I could not name. I would put him top three or four. That's where my range is. Hey yo. You don't agree? Hot take. No. No, that's not. Cat, a hot take. What are you talking? Jokic and Bead are off the top of my head. All better. Okay, and let me just say this. There is a big – I there is the, you can have a debate between Cat and Aiden. No, you can't. Yes, you can. You can. Cat just dropped 60. You can't. We, we don't use – okay, we can't use that that statistic. What has Cat – Yeah, has we Kat, can. Has Cat played in the playoffs? Yeah. No, he hasn't. Timberwolves haven't yeah, made the playoffs. 2018. Yeah, they made the playoffs once. I thought he, that's he, he, that, was the, that was the Jimmy Butler year. He didn't do well. Oh, he did go with Jimmy Butler. Okay, but he didn't. But I'm not giving. I don't. That he was. That was like his third season, I think. Either way, there is a debate between Cat and Aiden. There is 100. percent I think that's an extremely hot take, and I think you'd catch a lot of flack for that on Twitter. If you I'll post it on Twitter, I don't care. Go for it. I and, really want to see. <laughs> so, because okay. I think I think that's kind of a terrible take. Okay. I'm not going to well, lie to you, Greg. So you say three or four, or I said three or four. Okay, we'll say four. Um, Bear is not better than him. No, okay. I guess Bam is I not did better just than say him. Who? Bam. Oh, Bam. Heat fans will say he is. Okay, but Bam's like, better. going to say. I think Bam's a better defender, probably. It's close. But Aiden's better on offense, so. It is close. And let's see. Let's just look at, like, top centers in the league. 
and compare them. So I think there's an argument for Cat. If that's if that's out of pocket, it's out of pocket. Okay, we'll put him four. He's better than Bam. He's better than Gobert. He is better than Capella if you put Capella up there. Miles Turner, Nurkic. Like there's there's no way he drops to five. On us now. Oh my god. At least for me. But it's okay. Let's just let's let's before things get too bad, I guess we'll let's just try to wrap it up. We'll, we'll make <laughs> we'll, we'll get, make this one a little bit shorter so that we don't we don't uh, have too many technical difficulties here. I think we've been um, over an hour. It was a great game today. Suns won. Suns keep winning. 62, 61 wins now. I think we're like two wins away from the franchise record. Um, follow the podcast on all social media at WKB Podcast. Uh, Twitter, there's an underscore. The rest of them, there's not. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mikel Bridge. Brandon, what's your at? Um, Brandon, A D I E R R. Arian. There he goes. Okay. Arian. Arian S19. And Lily, is there anything you want to plug? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess my Twitter is Lisco underscore 2000. So my Instagram, um, my TikTok is just Lisco 2000, no underscore. And my podcast is Section 202. You can listen to it on Spotify. Um, we post every week. This was super fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining yeah, thanks us. For coming and on. Thank you. Thank you uh, to our listeners. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the We Know Ball podcast. Uh, Mikhail Bridges for Defensive Player of the Year, Devin Booker for MVP, Monty Williams for Coach of the Year. Uh, <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Peace. <laughs>